You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful week so far and enjoyed last week's episode and put all the, the tips and tools into practice. This week, I'm joined by a really special guest. We've Alison Canavan in a studio with us, former model and now personal wellness expert who's been through her own struggles and wants to bring self-empowerment and awareness to more people who might need it. Alison, a very, very big welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on. How's um, it going? It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. Summer's over, kids back at school, everything's settled back into routine, life which is re- nice. Life returns to normal. Exactly, exactly. So let's talk about you, first of all, yeah. and how you got into wellness. Lots of people will know you from modeling and yeah. over seeing you in, in uh, the media over the last couple of years as a wellness expert. How did you get into it? Uh, wow. <laughs> what's your story yeah. and yeah tell us about that first yeah of all. it was I think it was something that was evolutionary over a long period of time like I don't think you wake up one morning and go today I'm going to be a meditation teacher <laughs> uh, I've always been very interested in the spiritual side of things from childhood like that's from really 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 young and I've always been kind of the strange kid who used to go and see mediums and psychics you know even when you were a teenager But when I was in kind of late teens, early 20s, I became very interested in Buddhism and attended the Buddhist Centre in London. Then when I moved to New York, I attended the Kadampa Buddhist Centre with a wonderful teacher called Kadam Mortem. And I remember going in, my friend uh, who lived across the hall from me took me in and he was... He is still, because he's still teaching there. So he's an extraordinary teacher. He, I remember we went in, we meditated for 20 minutes, and then he does an hour-long talk, and then another 20-minute meditation. And the first day I came out of that room, he helped me to make sense of life in New York, which is kind of extraordinary. So for a spiritual teacher to be able to speak to New Yorkers, I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy. So I remember going to him every Wednesday and I'd be like, yeah, next two days of my life were great. And then it would slip again. So I was always looking for something, not quite sure what, you know, when we're always and then we get it for a while and then we kind of lose sight of it. So it was kind of up and down. And then I was in an industry that was also quite up and down. Like it's not a normal job. You know, you're on a plane three times a week flying around the world. It's a little bit lonely. And I really think if you're lost in any way my industry can it's a very lonely industry I oh, would imagine yeah you know you're travelling on your own like I, everybody's like oh it's amazing you're in these amazing countries you know and it was like I was in Hong Kong I was here I was down in the Caribbean and but you're in you get off a plane you go do a shoot you stay in a hotel you get up at half four in the morning you shoot 20 hours and I'm sure there's people listening going oh boo hoo poor you <laughs> But for me, the one thing I used to go was, I never really got to see anywhere. I always kind of got flown in, did a job, out again. Like, I love traveling now. And we've just been traveling this year, myself and my little boy to South Africa and a few different places. Now I'm like, wow, now I get to see places. Places that I used to work before, now I'm getting to actually experience, which is great. And has personal wellness become trendy cool as a a nation now where everyone wants to get kind of, it's kind of funky now. It is. It's on trend, which is great. Um, The only problem I see is that hopefully it's not an extra add-on on people's to-do list. I think it's a way of life. I think that's what I learned. Uh, I made things very difficult for myself for a very long time. 
I'm kind of all or nothing, you know, so I put a lot of pressure on myself to do everything perfectly. And I remember when one of my teachers, actually, he just passed away, Rinpoche, Sagyong Rinpoche, he wrote the Tibetan book, A Living and Dying. He's just passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he used to say to me, I need you to have discipline. You have no discipline. <laughs> and I remember when I used to be on retreats with him, uh, he kept saying to me, are you, are you concentrating? And I was like, no, no, I am really concentrating, like really hard. And then obviously I'd be gone looking out the window, Dachshund Bear, I don't know if you've ever been. It's oh, down stunning. in West Cork. Yes, yeah, yeah, in yeah, West yeah. Cork. Like it's incredible. And of course the view takes you very quickly. <laughs> so I remember him going once, okay, can you give Alison the microphone? And I was like, I, I was paying attention until that very moment I looked out the window. But I think for me, I used to struggle with sitting, sitting with myself, being with my thoughts, being alone. It was a very uncomfortable place to be. And I think a lot of people in today's world, because we have the epidemic of busyness, the myth of no time, we're very uncomfortable with ourselves. Like at no stage during my upbringing was I ever encouraged to have a relationship with myself. So I didn't really know who I was. Um, anytime I got kind of close to finding out, I ran away. You know, it's very easy when you're sitting at home meditating to go, OK, this is an uncomfortable emotion. So what I'm going to do now, is stand up, go make a cup of tea. So I do 10 day silent retreats called Vipassana and you silent. silent. So noble silence. So silence of speech, body and mind. So that means no eye contact, no hand gestures. So there's like you cannot no form of communication, like no pass me the salt at dinner time. And it's 10 days and you're meditating for 10 hours a day. And that is where you are ultimately very much forced to do the work. <laughs> so there's no escaping. And to become, to get onto even the UCLA mindfulness course, you had to have quite a few of these under your belt. And I remember my, I've always wanted to do one and I've always kind of chickened out. So I've always done five days and seven days, but not complete silence. You know, I'd go up and do a bit here and there. And I was like, right, there's no time like the present, you know, like you have to go and do it. And I remember the first two days was sheer terror. And then by day eight, I started to settle and I started to understand. <laughs> day, eight. day eight, I know. Okay. Yeah. Like which felt like day 888, as you can imagine. But what I learned from doing that is one of my teachers in UCLA said to me, you can't teach meditation. It comes through you and it comes through you from the work you do in yourself. You know, it comes through you from the time that you spend in contemplation, the awareness that you have of the kind of difficulties that we struggle with as human beings. So from doing those type of retreats and that training, I began to understand that through silence, everything emerges, everything emerges, creativity emerges. You know, when people come to me in my, my coaching clinic and say, I'm so stressed, I work in, say, marketing, I have no ideas. And I'm like, do you have any silence? And they're like, no, do you know how busy I am? And I'm like, if you take a break every 45 minutes, if you go out and get fresh air, these are all really simple things. And you know this, then everything emerges. It's, you know, when people say you have a problem, sleep on it. It's the same kind of premise, you know. We're trying to fight our problems by being busier, you know, which kind of is creating more problems. We're losing sleep. We're kind of chasing ourselves. We're running around in circles, chasing ourselves. And we don't really believe that if we give back to ourselves with time, that we'll actually give back to our own life, if that makes sense. So I remember one of my teachers um, from my first ever Vipassana said to me, I would like you to do an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. I'm thinking, excuse me, like I don't have that kind of time. They just do it for three weeks. So fine if you think you don't have the time. 
And every day I got up and I did the hour and every evening I came home and I made sure I did the hour before bed. And I would still give that amount of time now today to my practice because it gave me back so much time. I became more efficient at work. My sleep was better. I was far less stressed. I didn't feel I was as panicked in the evening. And what my teacher was trying to show me is that when you give yourself more, you get more back, you know. And she was also trying to show me the illusion of having no time that we're all buying into. Because I was the person who, like, when I had James years ago, would go, 10 minutes? 10 minutes? Do you know how busy I am? I don't have 10 minutes. That's outrageous. And now, if I'm stressed, I give myself as much time as I need, knowing that that's going to actually enhance and improve my work in the long run. We're going to come to your five A's mm. a little bit later in the episode. Um, but you mentioned there about making things difficult for yourself yeah. when you're, you're younger. I want to go there a little bit before mm. we take it kind of further, yeah. if that's okay. Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, I would have been kind of a people pleaser and perfectionist. So two things. And I think starting modeling at 15, you know, it's kind of you're going into a casting every day. You're being judged on what you look like every single day you wake up and you're going to like when I did fashion week, you could be going into 12 to 15 castings a day, running around London, Paris, Milan, wherever I was, showing your book to people consistently, constantly being judged. And I think no matter how much you imagine that that doesn't take a toll on you, it absolutely does. So I put so much pressure on myself to be the best, to look the best, to show up every day. And that's exhausting. That's exhausting for anybody. And then put that into a career of 15 years <laughs> and it takes its toll on your mental health, on your physical health. Um, and we're certainly not encouraged in my business to work on ourselves. <laughs> You know, God forbid we work on ourselves in my industry and they won't be able to control you, you know. So you're certainly not encouraged to go find yourself or, as I always say, we're not actually lost. We're just remembering who we are. So I suppose I did struggle. I struggled with trying to prove something to I don't know who. I don't know. I think I think we're all kind of growing up trying to prove something to people. You know, trying to, I know I definitely still have, I'm in the disease to please recovery period, <laughs> you know, where you're constantly trying to say to people, you know, is that okay? Did I do all right? And when you get to know yourself and you get comfortable in your own skin, that starts to fall away. And it's a really beautiful thing to start seeing, you know, you kind of start to wake up and live for yourself as opposed to for people outside of you. Because I realized very early on, especially when you become a mother, that if you're constantly relying on outside sources to give you feedback on how you're doing, you're never going to be very happy. You know, you're always going to be in a place of, you know, discontentment, you know, looking for somebody to say, yeah, you're doing a great job. Yeah, all is well. And it's like, actually, maybe come back to yourself and go, how do I feel? How do I feel about this today? Yeah, no, I actually feel good. I feel I've done a good job. And that's probably the most important question anyone can ask themselves every day. How am I doing? How am I doing now? How am I doing today? And sit with that answer and let it come up. Like it shouldn't be an instantaneous yes or no. It should be something that comes up slowly. And I always find really simple things if I'm at my desk like, oh, I'm hungry. Or, oh, I feel a little bit stressed. Or maybe I'll go out and get air. And those little bits of space, that pause that we give ourselves gives us our life back. And it's a moment by moment, choice by choice, life that we're creating for ourselves. And it's completely within us to create our consciousness 
and our ability to manifest the life that we want to live. And that life comes from within. It doesn't come from without. So it's born within. But every day when we wake up, we have to connect with that. So I see it as something bigger than us. People can call it God, the universe, the divine. But I think when we start to connect with ourselves and we get quiet and we start to listen to that intuition that's always speaking to us, we are then guided by our own divine essence, our own path, our own purpose and our own passion. And it's different for everyone. And there's a sense of great peace that comes with that. If I feel a wobble in my vibratory field, I know that something's off. I'm not in alignment. I've made a choice that my inner being's not quite happy with. And instead of doing what I did years ago and going, oh my God, you said you need, you're doing this again. I go, okay, isn't that interesting? So let's, let's look at this. Okay, let's explore. So it's it's, it's yeah. calm reflection. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's talk about alcohol yeah. and sobriety. You made the decision to, 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 be, to go sober. Yes, years ago, five years ago. How did that impact your uh, health, wellness, oh, mental wellness? Well, <laughs> health. I mean, it impacts everything. It's a toxin. It's a poison, you know. Um, we know when we wake up with a hangover how we feel. It's not good. We go for junk food. We feel crap. We're snapping at our kids. We're snapping at our spouses. We're snapping at our friends. And I was in an industry that's surrounded by parties and alcohol and a part of me had just had enough. And another part of me just knew this is not what I want. This is not what I want anymore. There's, there's no answer in this, you know. And every time I was out and every time I was partying, I felt like shit. And I was like, this is not the parent I want to be. This is not the life I want to live. And I want to take back control, you know. And I... If you gave me a million quid and put it on the table and said, take that now in cash, I wouldn't in a million years go back to the life I used to live. But I'm very grateful for the lessons it taught me. Very, very, very grateful. I, I never teach and I never work with people and I never go um, and tell people about things I don't know and haven't experienced. I think it's kind of insulting, actually. <laughs> you know, if someone came to me at the time and I was drinking and started telling me about who had never had a drink in their life, and started lecturing me, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe you don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> so I just, you know, I, I really value and embrace life now. And I think every decision I made was not like an overnight wake up. Oh, today I'm going to do this. It was a gradual awakening of who I want to be, how I want to show up in the world. What do I value? Can I think for myself like this question everything? I never thought for myself. Everybody thought for me. My agents thought for me. Everybody. So I literally kept handing over my power, going to doctors, fix me. Can you fix me? <laughs> Would you mind fixing me today? Um, I'm, not, I'm a bit broken. I would like more tablets. Can you fix me? And this mentality of handing our power over all the time, I think, is what have, has people in a state of distress, you know, in their own lives and inability to feel like they have control over everything. We all have full control. And somewhere along the line, someone told us we didn't. And it's time to reclaim that power. And when I talk about power, I don't mean that kind of bolchy, you know, aggressive type mm -hmm. of power. I mean the type of power that you literally stand up and you feel super comfortable and calm and connected to yourself, this world, other people. That's your power. That's when you're in your divine power. Folks, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carlton Henry. We're delighted to be joined in studio by Alison Canavan. Now, you've got your five A's. Mm -hmm. I love these. Yes. 
because <laughs> we love top fives and top tips on the show. It's what we do for our listeners when we get guests on. We can pick their brains and we can find stuff out. Um, and these are five really simple things that people can, can, can work on for their own personal wellness journey. So, folks, get your pen and papers out because these five A's are going to be the, the key takeaways from, uh, from, today's, from today's show. Um, the first one is awareness. So awareness is the agent for change. Awareness is the first place that we begin to change. We can't change anything we're not aware of, okay? So we all have a gazillion blind spots, which I learned over the last eight years when I was studying that. I remember one day going into college and I think we were doing racial diversity and bias, you know, and I was thinking, mm, yeah, no, I've got this. You know, like in Ireland, we're super acceptable and blah, blah, blah. And I was about five minutes into it and I had an amazing lecture and I just felt these blind spots cropping up everywhere. And I thought, and my highway of stress lit up and I went, no, no, you definitely don't have this one, Ali. So I think it's really important that we're aware with openness and curiosity. It's really important because we can't change what we're not aware of. And the awareness is usually the place where people stop. And because sometimes we see things we don't want to see. And we see things that make us very uncomfortable and we say, mm, not so happy with that. I only want to see the good things. So I always say to people, please work through the awareness stage because after that, real gifts come to light. OK. Acceptance. So you got to accept what you're becoming aware of. You have to accept it and you have to accept it with grace and ease. This is really important. So it's really important. My, I remember uh, Rebecca said to me, I was struggling in my training and she just said to me, Alison, for yourself and for everyone you ever teach, she said, mindfulness not met with self-compassion causes anxiety. And I just went, wow. It was like a light bulb went off and I had so many things fall into place because we're so hard on ourselves and we beat ourselves up about everything. We do have the capacity to be kind to others. But for some reason, very few of us have the capacity to bring that compassion up and show it to ourselves. And I think it's an Irish thing. It's a Western thing. It's a human thing, if you like. So I think when something comes up and you're finding it difficult, sit with it and be with it and accept it for what it is. So meditation, mindfulness, any of these practices, it's not about being a better person, being happier. It's about accepting where you are and what's happening in your life right now. And there's so many myths out there, you know, about sitting in meditation. Like people always say to me, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, you bet your ass it's uncomfortable. You know, you just can't sit. Every single thing that's sitting there that you have suppressed and pushed down wants to come up to be seen. And Nothing will come up for you that you're not able for. And I know people go, oh, and you, I can hear a million people now say a million things because I used to be them. <laughs> I, I used to be the person going, hold on a second. You don't understand. When I did this, this came up and I felt overwhelmed and I couldn't cope. But the reality is that we're incredible beings and we are actually resilient. And if we see what people work through and get through every day, you've got to trust yourself. You've got to trust that you do have your own back. I will always say to people, get the help you needed. Over the years, I had an extraordinary amount of help. And I called in my team or people, and I still do because I'm a human being. <laughs> and I ask for help, you know, but awareness and acceptance are a really important part of you stepping into your power and your growth. Number three, accessibility. So accessible practices, please. <laughs> like people always come to me and they say, I've got three or four kids. Uh, I've no time for anything. And I'm like, OK, if you're holding a baby, you can take a deep breath. You can check in with yourself. You can bring your awareness down to your feet and say, how am I doing right now? 
no matter how busy you are, standing at the kitchen sink, emptying the dishwasher like I was this morning, thinking, take a few deep breaths, you have a few things going on. So there's always time for everything. The minute you open your eyes, say a prayer of gratitude, say thank you. I lie in bed at night, I scan through my day, I've been teaching James gratitude since he was a baby. These are little accessible practices you can put into your day-to-day life. And remembering that every choice is your choice. So what am I going to eat now? I know I'm tired and I know I don't feel great, but is it, should I have the sugary snack or should I go for maybe a piece of fruit? So it's the moment by moment, simple choices, getting out, connecting with nature. Mother nature is there to help us all the time. She just wants your time. That's it. Attitude. Your attitude. So everybody has the power over this. So you can either show up with a shitty attitude or a good attitude. And I used to show up with a shitty one (laughs) and nothing was ever my fault. Everything was always everybody else's fault. So I was in the victim role for a substantial amount of time, like not all the time. I don't think that's possible. But certainly I think anyone that's experienced issues with addictions and mental health, if they're being incredibly honest with themselves or go, yeah, I, I mean, I did find it easier to point the finger. Yes. And go, you did this. I'm fighting because of you. My mom did this. My sister did this. My boyfriend made this happen. So it's really easy to point the finger. And when you're pointing the finger, there's always three fingers pointing back at you. So you have to remember that. So it's always more difficult for a lot of people to kind of go, where do I come into this? How can I take responsibility for what's happening here? And that's a very powerful place to make change from. These are simple, but they're very powerful. Um, Alignment. So alignment kind of comes after all of this. Um, Aligning with yourself and the world around you is the most powerful thing you can do. And it really comes back to saying what I said earlier. If you feel your body, your emotional body is your signaling system. We have got to get reconnected with that. We say things all the time, all the time, where we're like, I really felt like I shouldn't have done that. Or I had a feeling in my stomach or something told me. That's what you need to listen to. So when you become aware When you start accepting, when you bring more mindfulness into your life, when you start checking in with yourself, you will become aligned with yourself and the world around you. And all of these A's are to help you reclaim your power. So we're not getting anything back. We're reclaiming our power. We're remembering who we are. We're very, very powerful beings. We don't remember that. We're really powerful. And when I work with people, they just feel so disempowered. And it makes me really sad because I did too for 20 odd years. I didn't feel like I was the person who could wake up every day and have any control over who I was, what I was doing, how I was feeling, the choices I was making. I was always worried whether I was impressing my agency, doing the right thing for the client, being a good enough mom, being a good enough daughter, showing up for everybody. And I never, ever kind of stood back and went, am I showing up for myself? Um, Now, where can people find out more about you? So So, we've learned, we got a good 25 minute snippet of you, some really simple takeaways. If people want to find out more. It's alisoncanavan.com. Fantastic. And social media? It's Alison Canavan Wellness on Instagram. And I use Instagram the most, really. So that would be the platform. And I know you're uh, appearing at the Vitality Expo, September 28th, 29th in the RDS in Dublin. Yes. And uh, the Irish Independent are involved in the event. And I've nagged them and nagged them and nagged them to give us a discount for all of our lovely, loyal listeners. So I'm delighted to say we have a discount code, which is just Carl. And that gets you tickets for the weekend for €8, including the booking fee. And it's vitalityexpo.ie. Alison is there and lots of other experts based around health uh, will be there as well. And I have a coaching clinic, actually, this year, which is the first. So I have two talks a day and we're running a big coaching clinic so you can come and try out heart math which I use in my clinic and just to see the various techniques that I implement 
Cool. So come see us. Okay, Please. so check out vitalityexpo.ie and the Carl is your discount code. Folks, as ever, it's been another fascinating element of the Real Help podcast. Some really simple takeaways, the five A's. Put them into practice over the course of the next seven days. You know where we are. It's realhelp.independent.ie at carlhenrypt on Twitter and on Instagram. Above all, have a wonderful week. Try the five A's for this week and we'll see you next week for more inspirational shows. Slán go Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. <laughs>